This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. to be nation welcome back to pbn's nba team podcast we are past the all-star break things are march is coming up things are starting to get hot and heavy i am andrew reach i am joined by my co-host uh adam murray adam do you want to put up some fisticuffs with all the uh all the crazy tension going on all the fights all the weird skirmishes it's funny everyone had like a nice week off everyone was able to sit back and be non-competitive in the all-star break and then I don't understand why everyone needed to be angry this week. I know it's weird, dude. They had one involving um, it was the Suns and the Pistons. Isaiah Stewart punched Drew Eubanks before the game even happened. Like I think it was happened in the rampway. Yeah, it happened coming he into went the to jail. Arena. Well, that's overzealousness. But remember, Isaiah Stewart got suspended before because remember he wanted to fight somebody on the court. He had to be pulled like literally all the way around. And he said he wanted to box somebody, and that was LeBron. He is, um, uh, do you, I mean, he signed a contract, I think a year ago. Do you think this is one of those Kevin Porter situations where they can just cut him or maybe they No, it's, it's just one of those, like, like John Morant, like, what are you, why are you trying to be like that? Why are you trying to be yeah, a but John guy? Morant's a superstar? He can get away with that. Isaiah Stewart's not a superstar. He's expendable. Hey, John Morant's a superstar. That's why I got to sit out for three months. Well, the thing is, like, I think they wanted to make an example out of him as well because of the fact that he was told not to do it and he did it again. With Stewart, this is the same situation. He was told, hey, uh, you need to lighten up. And you can't be attacking our superstars on the court. Then he sits there and he punches Drew Eubanks. Drew Eubanks is not <laughs> – he's not a superstar, but you can't be punching players outside of the court. It was you know? There is no need for it. And Then we had Miles Bridges and Lester Quinonez at the end of a really boring Hornets-Warriors games. And then Grant Williams decides to go, you know, (laughs) Leroy Jenkins, and he just goes head-to-head with him, right? Yeah. And everybody's just looking. Everybody's like, what are you doing? You're not that type of player. Why are you? We'll get into Grant Williams in in a few minutes. Yeah. I mean, just a lot of weird tension. Like, a lot of – I've been watching some college basketball, too, getting ready for the tournament. The tension in those games, I'm sure you've seen some clips of it. It is pretty. I think what it is is that the coaches are unhinged, and this is the culture that they create um, because they don't have any control over how to put their rosters together anymore because of NIL and stuff and the portal. So they just they basically when they go on the court, they're basically like wild animals. That's how I feel. It's kind of you have to let them loose or I'm going to lose them. They're going to transfer out. And then there goes my job because every year I have to start from scratch. Tension is the tension is high. But I agree with you about the NBA. Like you're in the all star. You just get past the all star break where you can have the festivities. You get some time off and then you come back. And I don't know if they're ramping up the intensity because we're getting the last couple months of the season. Um, if I had to guess, there's only, what, 30 games left to play for all the teams. And um, it's getting a little serious. The only thing that I've noticed in terms of the standings is that I'm pretty – and I don't want to basically make it super predictable for the rest of the regular season. It feels like the top 10, not the order of the top 10, but the top 10 in the West and in the East is kind of set. There's a really big separation there between – Whoever will be in the 10th spot for the play-in in the West and the East, and then the 11th and and downward. A lot of those teams have started to not tank, but pretty much pack it in. We saw that with the Nets firing Jacques Vaughn. 
So you think the playoffs are already set and the tanks? I think tanks teams are that are in in tow are going to stay there. Like so, instance, let's just say for the, the East, Warriors. yeah, Atlanta is in. Brooklyn and Toronto are out. Atlanta's got the worst. I'm not lying to you. They have the worst points allowed defense in the league. In the league, they're worse than the Wizards, and they're probably going to make the play-in. It's crazy. They're eight games under 500. I think they're going to make it because the next one downward is the Nets, and the Nets are the Nets are done. Like they 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 packed it in. Um, and then I with don't the Warriors, they, the they Warriors didn't want to pack it in, but apparently. Well, the Warriors, so- and then on the West side, the Warriors and the Lakers have a winning record. I think they're going to make it. So you think Houston is now going to just start sinking? I, yeah, I, I I think their defense is starting to like get a little bit worse by the day. Um, they can win games. They had a good win against the Suns. Jalen Green's looked good in, in the first two games after the All Star break. But yeah, I, that would be the only outlier. I don't see Utah making Utah a get. already when when the reports of the trade deadline. That that came out that uh, marketing wasn't happy because he thought they're gonna try to make the push and then he's like you guys pulled the rug out of me again you, we went into the season saying we're gonna try to make the play in try to make the playoffs and you guys now are sell you getting rid of all our pieces and mm-hmm. so yeah discontent and disappointment in Utah Houston it's kind of coming down to earth for them. They can you can only do so much with. with I, I feel like Udoka is in the experimental portion of the season where they're just trying out all different kinds of guys. Like they're playing more for they're playing Jabari Smith Jr. more. They're playing Amen Thompson, their first round pick more. Not saying that they're undeserving players, but they're very young. Now let's um, just quick quick thing on that. How long do you think Dylan Brooks has in Houston? Uh, before he gets traded, I up? don't think he's a tradable contract this off season because he's got three more years. But That's, we just look at – it's not whether it's a tradable contract. Look at that roster. You have you have Thompson, you have Cam Whitmore, and you have Tari Eason there. Right. You know, Shangun is locking down the five. You, you have to keep Jabari Smith because he's number three pick. You have to keep him locked in at the four. So as far as the big man rotation, you have Brooks, like I said, Whitmore, Thompson, and Tari Eason who's been injured. I, I got to imagine Brooks will have to be moved out of that group because Cam Whitmore is, I want to, I don't want to say a better fit offensively. Because well, Dylan the coach Brooks likes, the, the coach likes Whitmore. He plays him a lot. So I think there's, um, I think there's something there. Um, and just to go back to the cap, like I know they had a ton of room to f- sign Dylan Brooks to that enormous contract along with Fred Van Vliet. Van Vliet's valuable. You know, he's a, I think I, even though his points per game has been down defensively, he's been really good and he's been, well, that's just the roster has been set. You but can't... what I'm saying is Van Vliet is a guy you can still center the the team around. Even if you start moving some pieces in the off season, I wouldn't, I wouldn't move Van Vliet. The reason why moving Brooks makes sense is because Shangun and Green, you're going to probably have to figure out what, how much of a rookie extension you have to give both of them. So now you're That's starting I to just, That money. was just an interesting, you stopped on Houston. I'm like, oh, perfect point to, to squeeze I think in. they're going to, they remind me of Orlando. Like, I think they're going to be good. They just need to find out who fits best. Like Orlando kind of the move over quickly to that. I noticed that their record is very, very close with Indiana, who's been better, obviously, with Pascal Siakam being added to the mix. Um, you know, they just had the All Star game there in Indianapolis with Halliburton playing, and then Miami. 
who had a good win at New Orleans, who's been hot. That was another one that ended in a scuffle where Najee Marshall just basically what choked Jimmy Butler, you know? Um, so like, but what do you think between those three? Like, do you think any of them are going to separate themselves soon? No, none of those. We, like we said, with the West and the way they're so close, so you it's think just going to come games above 500 for both of, for all three teams, like something in the range of like, mm, like, not, uh, like maybe like 48 and 30, like 48 and 34 or something like that. The, the way it goes, it seems like it'll be one game each position down. Yeah, but two of them are going to wind up in the play-in. That's what I think is important. Like, the Sixers, yes, they're sliding a tad because of MB being out. But they're winning games, and I don't think they're going to slide into the play-in, talking about Philadelphia. And Milwaukee, yeah, Doc Rivers is a walking meme. Everybody thinks he's the worst coach, and they can't believe he got a job again. But the Bucks are really good, and they're still third in that conference, okay? They're not well, going Okay, with the Bucks and Doc Rivers and everybody, I didn't. I was hoping to to sort of skirt by it, but let's look at. Remember when the Clippers got James Harden and they lost? What was oh, it, they nine struggled. games in a row. They struggled. It takes a while for to figure out what you have, what your players can do, and try to implement your scheme. Now that the Clippers have figured out, they look like oh, this might be the that we might see them in the finals. Yeah, they're very good. They um, they're not perfect. They have some games where they don't look they don't look great, and they have matchup issues. Like I think New Orleans actually gives them trouble sometimes when they play one on one. But the Clippers, yeah, that's a finals contender for sure. So you got to give Milwaukee a couple, give them another ten games to figure out how they work. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know why the it, for one it, it's sort of like why did you get Doc Rivers? He's just showing you why and. I don't think anybody's really like, oh, Doc Rivers is the missing piece. He's going to put him over the top. I, I, feel like, sort of... I feel like that was more of they will go with the devil we know than the devil we don't know. And they didn't think Adrian Griffin was going to get him over the hump. It was just desperate. It's just desperation from the it ownership. Was. Of... But they did have a good win against Minnesota on national television at Minnesota, who's the number one seed right now in the West. So clearly, you know, Giannis plus Dame equals, hey, we could be pretty good if we put all the other pieces together. So I think they'll be fine. And then at the top, it's kind of the same as even though there's haven't been that many games after the all-star break uh, when we last talked, like Minnesota, Oklahoma city, the Clippers are really good. Denver is on a roll. And then Boston, like Boston is just really, really good. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, we're not going to, we're going to try to limit too much of the Celtic talk. Cause I think there is some intrigue in the East. I don't want to make it out like, Oh man, the Celtics are going to just dominate the East, but they're going to finish with the best record in the in the league, most likely. Like, if, if you want to win the title, it goes through Boston right now. Kind of, as long as, uh, again, I'll just say it every every episode, as long as Porzingis stays healthy. Because mm-hmm. with him, they they look like a really good team. Without him, it they're just kind of lost. So, here's hoping. Mm-hmm. Now, let, let's just get into this really bizarre timing firing. Uh, involving the Nets and Jacques Vaughn. It it doesn't make sense. Why? Why now? I, I felt like it was sort of like the tea kettle starting the whistle. Like, I, I think that it had been going. I think there had been some issues in gar- regarding the way in terms of the in terms of the effort that Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson were giving. And I think it just got to a point where it was like, OK, they've given up on Jacques. I, I go all the way back to December when 
they had that very odd stretch where uh, Jacques said he was going to play everybody, and then he sat everybody. And when they asked him, he gave like a really terrible excuse, which led to a fine of the organization because the the league this year is is really really. Um, oh, that was the injury sitting and whatnot. Um, yeah. But what it was is that it was clearly like an organizational miscommunication where Jacques Vaughn was getting orders from the owner. Hey, we need to uh, we need to take a few games here. Or we need to sit a few guys. And Bridges and Cam Johnson were like, I don't want to sit. And um, they felt like that the team that the, that the team wasn't trying or the coach wasn't trying to win. And I think that just led to an impasse where it was like, OK, I don't want to play for a coach who doesn't want to win or isn't bought in. And that was it. Vaughn got that extension when they still had Durant and Irving after they had fired Steve Nash. Now, Steve Nash was just an incompetent coach. Let's be real. OK, Jacques Vaughn had actually coached before and failed out of Orlando the first time. Right. So he had chances, but clearly there was something wrong there. Uh, Kevin Ollie, he coached at UConn. So he's got some coaching experience and he did some G League stuff. Do you think he might be able to keep the job full time? I don't know because I don't know what Brooklyn is doing. Obviously, Jacques Vaughn went very heavy on a Ben Simmons focused thing. And then Ben obviously is just made of glass and just so yeah, fragile. Back issues yeah, his, his back is just done and he's just kind of done. So it's kind of hard. And then on the other side, you have trade rumors of every player of well what is brooklyn going to do they can gut their team and rebuild they can buy in we can ship out bridges we can ship out johnson everybody was in trade rumors so it doesn't as it affects everybody of just am i going to be here tomorrow i'm going to go and then camp thomas who was i think he's like their second leading scorer goes mm-hmm. from starter to dnps and it, it would but to do it now at this stretch is it just a weird time? Like you couldn't like just why didn't the... you wait until they just the season ended? If you um, were gonna do it, do it when everyone else did it earlier, or do it at the the, the last day of the season. I, like well, I said, unless they're gonna give, like you said, Kevin Ollie a chance because he was one of the finalists for the Milwaukee job. He, my like you my said, opinion, UConn. My opinion of it is this: regardless of whether Ollie was gonna fill in, which is what's happening now, or Jacques Vaughn just kept the seat warm and then he was gone. I think they were going to finish with the same record anyway if Jacques Vaughn stayed. I think they're going to probably finish 20 games under 500 or something like that. And it helps with their uh, – I don't even think they have their own pick this time. Uh, but they do have some of the picks involving the James Harden deal. Or, well, or they the have Suns. their pick or somebody else's. They got the Suns, a yeah. pick. Like, I don't – But so, one way or another, I think they're just trying to get as good of a pick as they possibly can. Like now they're in the tank mode. I I think they're officially in the tank mode. I think their biggest goal coming up uh, in the offseason is keep Nick Claxton. That I think is their biggest goal right now. And also, and uh, that Cam is, I think we'll get, get into that deal. at the um when the off in the off season and the postmortems and the yeah. But I think that's that. what they're worried about. I think they're worried about the off season already. I don't. I think they've. I think they're waving the white flag. And that's the okay. 11th. So then let's talk about Nick Claxton. Is it ever? Everybody is giving one of those, we don't want to sign him, but we kind of have to vibe. Yeah. As in the same way Levine Levine got his, um, uh, Harrison Barnes in Sacramento, um, uh, Hassan Whiteside in Miami. It's just like, well, 
we kind of have to pay him because the market tells us we have to pay him and we don't want to lose him for nothing, but we're not really thrilled about it. Yeah, I think Whiteside from back in 2016 when he got that big deal in Miami was is a great example. Like, I think that there's just a lot of value in those good uh, shot blocker and defensive uh, presence type of people. I mean, look, we're going to see Rudy Gobert probably win defensive player of the year for the third or I think it's the third or fourth time. Um, so, and this is the first one with a new team. So and he's made a positive impact with Minnesota. And by the way, have you seen this new one involving the, like the new stat that people are obsessed with, which is thanks to Victor Webinyama being a freaking freak and that the five by five, which is having five steals and five blocks in the game. That's almost that seems like the goal. It's like, OK, we need these like big men who can really turn it around on defense because we have so I mean, scoring is so high now. There's so much rim penetration all we can do is just try to save it by getting blocks and steals and and deflections uh i i just think i just think there's value in those big men who can really be defensive uh impact players you know and i think claxton can be one of those players for sure okay fair that's enough. just my opinion i think he does have value he's a double double guy now and um i just you know they're, they're, I, there's just so many of these freak as away type of centers that they they can they can get steals they can get blocks um um I, we always talk about it adam defense is really if you have guys that can play defense down the stretch of games it makes such a big difference in, in winning time like when you get to the fourth quarter with under five minutes to go and you got to win a game and it's close like Def- if you have those good defenders, that really makes the difference. Like, have you have you noticed some teams that who had kind of lackadaisical defenses, and you could just see them just sort of slipping away in the standings? Teams like um, maybe the Suns. <laughs> well, it, it's usually the first thing to go is is the defense of just well, let's <laughs> we can't stop anybody we're giving up anyways, and the um, only one that's been able to hold on is the Pacers. And I think it's just because they added Siakam, which was a, you know, <laughs> you got two all-stars on your team. You're going to be able to make it if, even if you have the worst defense in the league. The Hawks is the one weird one where they might just absolutely bottom out. And one of those weird teams that are trying to tank like Brooklyn and Toronto, and they might actually sneak in. I think Charlotte is done for. I think Charlotte uh, after the trade at the trade deadline kind of showed their cards of like, we're giving up. And then there's one. And then the Wizards and the Pistons are, they're LOL. I mean, <laughs> which one do you think is worse between uh, the Wizards, the Pistons, and the Spurs? The like, you have to say the wor- like, give me a woke ranking between the three. Like, number one is the worst. The worst by far is the Wizards, as Jordan Poole has solidified himself the as the LVP. They're the toughest to watch. There's nobody that. on that team who you could get excited about. Mm-hmm. You got you got Abdija, you got um I got a I, I saw Avdia score forty points on the Pelicans. He's actually I think he's got a future. I think he's a good player. He's a he's not gonna be a shooter, but he'll be like that Bronze Wagner. That's yeah, just a glue guy who will be good on the team, but he's not somebody you build around. There's nobody there's no big men on that team. Mm-hmm. You got Kuzma who was offered a trade to Dallas and he turned it down. Yeah, Brian Keefe, I don't think, is sticking around. I think they'll get a new coach. Um, yeah, the, yeah, because he's not going to do anything. You got Jordan Poole, who might have just become the worst contract in the league and um, just... Worse than Dylan Brooks? Just a knucklehead. 
and then and then uh so then i would guess that uh below them in terms of enjoy like enjoyability i guess you'd say the pistons are slightly more enjoyable the pistons are just we we've mentioned it so many this has been like we talked about a lot yeah they are just an enigma as well their trades haven't been terrible they've made solid some solid deals Jaden ivy is finally seeing the light he's actually starting to play well now the players seem good like i don't we like thompson as a developmental you said Jaden ivy Cade cunningham isaiah stewart uh jalen duran yeah like there's no real like why is this team like the owner obviously panicked and gave monty williams this huge deal like that should be good he should develop them and Mm -hmm. monty is just doing questionable things and and then the we'll Spurs have Victor. The, the Spurs have Victor, so they're at least watching. The Spurs are squandering. We, we, as we've mentioned, they've squandered Victor's first year of. I know you don't need to win, but at least put some pieces around him other than absolute garbage. Mm-hmm. I think he's on. I think he will be an MVP eventually, like maybe in twenty twenty nine or something like that. But Victor's on his way, like that. I think he's going to win the rookie of the year. Vic- Chet Holmgren hasn't done anything to slip. It's just that Victor is kind of taking another step. You know, he's he's grown. Well, you they've know? they've decided to make him a center as opposed to trying to play two big men and mm-hmm. um, trying to have him do other things. It's he just... out he out freaked Anthony Davis. <laughs> think about that. Anthony Davis is having a great year, and he played he outplayed him. It's funny how we all forget how Anthony Davis has been healthy all year. He is. And he's it's really just, good. You, you mentioned, like, be... oh, he's good. and But it's like, oh, no, he's played. He's what he should be. And, I mean, it's good that, you know, I don't want to – I'm trying to be nice. And like, I don't want to hate – you don't want anybody – do you want to see anybody injured and always injured? And it's good that he's having a good year, a great mm-hmm. year. Yeah, and I think the Lakers still have a few, like, uh, bullets in the chamber. Like, you know, when Gabe Vincent finally comes back from the knee surgery, we'll see. You know, they got a couple, you know, Jared Vanderbilt springed his foot. That wasn't a good one, but uh, they've been able to scratch together good wins. Uh, LeBron, yeah, LeBron's got definitely starting to do a little bit of load management where he sits out. But if, if, if Anthony, like you already said, if Anthony Davis is healthy and he can play starters minutes, then that's good enough to win anyway in a competitive Western conference. Especially, especially since all the, we, we had mentioned like how great their off season was, all these pieces mm-hmm. and almost all the pieces have kind of failed. Yeah. Everyone Dal- they brought in. Dallas didn't... looks good though. Dallas looks like a solid team. Are they going to go to the finals? I don't think so. But who, I, who knows? They're good. Uh, they they got bigger and they got meaner and Kyrie's playing in a team environment. He looks like he fits better. There's only so much you can do on that team. So Jason Kidd is kind of like I don't want to say handcuffed because it's just well, what can you do? All you could do is just you can't drop a play. All you could do is just give Luke the ball and he he does whatever he's going to do. <laughs> And it's not a coincidence that in the East is the Knicks, and then in the West, the Mavericks. These were the teams that, at the trade deadline, really dug in and made big, made the not big moves, but they made moves to get better. Um, just like the Lakers did uh, when they swung that big deal involving Westbrook with the Jazz, and that they got better from that. The Mavericks look better. 
the Knicks are in a weird situation because I do think the Knicks are a lot better than they would have been before the deals, but they have injury injury bug really bit them hard. They have an injury bug plus Randall. They they have that overhyped train where you have the Knicks fans pumping them up. Brunson's great. Is he like? Is he Walt Frazier? No, you know, but he's a really really good player. That's the thing. He's he's great, but like. They're like, he's like the East Coast Stephen Curry. He's that good. No, he isn't. <laughs> he's not the top tier. Everyone else. I would it's... love to see them match up against Donovan Mitchell again so that they can have that rematch. Because I know the Knicks just totally outplayed the Cavs last year. I, I'd, I'd be curious to see if that happened again. You know. And then, like we, like I said, we'll talk about Grant Williams. I just don't know what he's trying to be. Like When you're in Charlotte. You need to look in the mirror. If you're wearing a Charlotte Hornet uniform today, you need to look in the mirror. But you're in Boston. You have, you know, you were obviously stepped on and you you had a glass ceiling because of the players in front of you. Uh-huh. But you, you had the culture. You go to Dallas. Everyone doesn't like you because of your attitude. You so you have to trade you away. That and all was of a sudden, the rumor in Dallas that he was he was a chirper, that he talked too much. And now he's in in Charlotte, and then you you hear the young kids are like, oh, we you know it's great. He brings in this energy, and we we you know we we he's taking a leadership role. And stuff. I don't know if that's what he tried to do in Dallas and got smacked down. And you're, he's not that type of player, and never was. And I don't see the are reason. You, are you calling Great Williams a phony? I, I just but if don't Graham think... Williams listens to this podcast, he's going to go head to head with you. <laughs> oh, we. What's funny about that is that he wasn't even involved in it. it involved Miles Bridges. Um, he uh, Miles Bridges gave him an elbow because um because uh he, Lester Quinones tried to get like a like a junk layup at the end of uh junk time. Bridges blocked it, and Quinones I, I guess and him got into a little bit of an argument and. Bridges through an elbow. Yeah, and, he has to uh, come all the way down across court. So there's and no. And then he does. That was what Draymond Green did with Rudy Gobert. But I mean, when Draymond choked him, that was a lot worse. But um... and then yeah, so Charlotte would be three A of the unwatchable loser ball. And it's funny we you know we had mentioned like maybe you should move on from Ball and just base yourself around Miller because because Lamelo can get you a huge. I think ball. everybody is tradable, but Brandon Miller. That's just my opinion. Yeah. So Charlotte. if you you start. Around him, you can get a big haul from Lonzo Ball, and you have a ton of cap room. You have a new new owner who supposedly can – well, once you get rid of Steve Clifford and his – and Bridges isn't coming back because he was – you know, he did the tender. Anytime a guy signs a tender, you're not keeping him. And so I really don't see him coming back. Um, Yeah. where do you – it's a little early, but where would you see him? Um, L.A., either the Clippers or the Lakers. Neither of those teams have money. The Lakers, if they can shed a few deals like Haji Moore and stuff like that, they could probably make it happen. I see Detroit giving like a panic near Max. Yeah, Magic would actually work. I know I always try to fit in the Magic because I desperately want them to be good. Because they're how the they, how does he in the history the of magic? our pod that's... How does he fit? I think because he can actually just go out there and really like uh, be a shot maker for them when when because the so, thing I noticed about the the magic is that Paulo's a shot maker for them down the stretch, but after that they don't have anybody. And I think Bridges could be that kind of player for them. All right, I, I don't. It's a we, it's an odd fit, but I think that I think it could actually work. 
Um, it's a very odd fit considering, you know, they still like Wendell Carter. And if you play Paolo Carter and Wagner, mm-hmm. you're not playing Bridges at the two. And they're playing defense. I mean, I mean, the Heat, that's why the Heat are always in it. They play defense. When the, if you play defense, you're going to be in the you're going to be in the thick of it. Like even Jimmy Butler got ejected like early in the second half of that game. They still beat the Pelicans who, who were who were. 11, the Pel- I don't want to go too far about the Pelicans because I, I like to keep it fair here, but they're going to make the playoffs. I'm just going to say right now, they are going to make the NBA playoffs. I don't and think you're they're going to get you're going to get psyched up for them and they're going to disappoint you. And it might disappoint. You're going to be like, what do we do with Zion? The only He's... teams that might threaten to get out of get them like get like stick them back into the play in and be in a situation where they lose again like they did last year it are, are to me are the Kings and the Suns. I don't think the Lakers. <sighs> Warriors are going to push that hard. Like, I think they're going to be in the play. I think the Lakers and the Warriors are in a mode now where they know they're probably going to be in the play-in and they're going to have to win games in order to get out of it. I don't know. I think the Warriors have that mentality of this is our this is our season now. We're, we're zero and zero. Like you said, you have predicted the playoffs are set. The Utah and Houston's going to fall out of it. Yeah, so. and Steve Kerr, what did you think of that extension? Two years for $35 million. That doesn't go against your cap, but that's a lot of money. That is just thanks for winning everything. You're going to inherit a mess, and this team is going to be dismantled in front of you right? next year. So we're going to pay you to reward you for everything you've done now because people are going to be coming at you mm-hmm. soon. Yeah, uh, and, but yeah, it's been some fun games. I mean, there haven't been that many to go by, but with football out of the way, you know, the, a Super Bowl that was seen by more people than the what the moon landing. Like now that's out of the way, March comes. So you got the, the NCAA tournament stuff going on, but you start seeing these nationally televised games on ABC and ESPN. The NBA just sort of takes the forefront of it. Um in terms of like who gets the best record and uh, you know, you start seeing the screaming A's of the world start talking about who's, who's clutch and who's not, and who's, who's, who's melting down in the, like, do you see any of these teams melting down uh, in terms of a win loss? Or do you, do you feel like I do where I I feel like the the lot, the top 10 teams are going to probably make it in each of the conferences? I, I, I am not as confident as you because as long as there's an Atlanta and a Chicago in the playing game and neither of those look good. Well, those are the only two teams of the 20 that would be in it now that are under 500. The rest of them are all over. And all it takes is Houston going 8-2 and two in, in a 10-game stretch and they're all of a sudden back into it. So any team could get hot at any time. This isn't the draft to start tanking and – yeah half the teams owe their picks to other teams. So it's just, I I understand. Yes. You like Toronto. Okay. Let's see what we got with our new guys. Let's put them out. We know we're not going to, we're not tanking, but we're, we're checking out all these flyers on these people. We did uh, mm-hmm. Portland. Yeah. Let's get, let's put in scoot now for 40 minutes. Let's put Duop wreath in for 40 minutes to money camera and, don't you dare mock Duop Reith. I think he's played really hard this year. <laughs> but the thing is, this is also that stretch where the, the you see the rookies getting more playing time, like you said. Because not that they're tanking. It's just like, oh, okay, we're not going to say we're trying to lose games, but let's give let's give a whole lot of playing time to this person and this person and this person. And you start seeing like, you know, I mean, Memphis was in a situation where they had no choice. You know, like, There's of course, no- Vince, of course, Vince Williams Jr. is going to get a lot of minutes. Yeah, they got nobody else, you know, and, and- I like Vince Williams Jr. 
As we've mentioned, there's no point of tanking because there's no one in this draft worth tanking for. Mm -hmm. You can be one of the first three, four picks and you could get your guy and nobody's going to be there. There's no there's no Anthony Edwards who's, you know, or the the old Wigan rigging for Wiggins uh, Mm -hmm. or you got to do all these things. We already discussed this, but we could say it again. It's going to start for in the in the two drafts after this one. It will be they'll they'll might be some tanking because of Cooper flag on one. And then the next year in 26 is Cameron Boozer. Carlos is so yeah, there will, but superstar, but not this one. This no, one is this not one good. is. Yeah. yeah, they can compare it to the 2013 garbage draft, but it's really bad. It was, but, that was also those... for, but, but we keep forgetting that the 2013 draft also had Giannis Antetokounmpo and Rudy Gobert. Exactly. So that was one of those. If you find somebody you like, you can there's going to be no Wembyana in it. But you could get a great player who will develop into a great part of your system if you want that kid. I, I don't know, but uh, what about the waiver wire, the waiver wire. Uh, we still got a few of them who are purposely kind of waiting it out. Um, like, you know, people like Corey Joseph and Joe Harris, like Daniel House. Like where do you think maybe the Thunder might grab some of these guys? Thunder has no room left because they got. Well, they just cut Pokachevsky. Oh, oh no, that was... Lee's a roster spot. That's a shame. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't even know if he's... Pl- has he played yet? No, he... Uh, he he's had the going to issue. play. Yeah, that's why they're so waiting. So they haven't even seen... that. We haven't even seen them in their final form yet because of, you know, uh, because of Hayward not suiting. I'm just interested to see. I don't think the waiver market's been that great anyway because Gallinari got picked up and... You know, Lowry went to the Sixers and Dinwiddie's with the Lakers already. So there's really not much there, but you might see some late cuts at the end. Um, from well, some- that's why we're getting two-way contracts being picked up, like we said, with, with Duop Reith and right. um, converted to regular contracts. And you but know anywho. what's funny? That's, how, that's what happened to Nas Reed. Nas Reed was a two-way that got picked up into guaranteed. And then, oh, okay, I'm a free agent. And then he got a big deal and he got put into the rotation and... That's what helped out Minnesota. So those deals in time do ha- do work out well if that guy is like a coach's favorite and he develops into a good player. But you don't those players don't grow on trees. All right. Well, then for Andrew Reish, I'm Adam Murray. Have a good one. Take care.